welcome to Corpus Christi Anglican Church. I'm Morgan, our planting clergy. Our vision of this church is to become a common people in common prayer for uncommon transformation. This podcast is where you will hear our sermons and other teachings that have happened at Corpus Christi. We primarily serve the region of Springfield, Franconia, and Kingstown. We're glad that you're here. Thanks for taking time to listen. Here's the message. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Alexi Lashkin, a member here at Corpus Christi Anglican Church. Let's pray this morning. Gracious Father, we come before you and ask that the text from the gospel and the readings illuminate in our hearts. May the meditation of this text prove profitable to each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Sunday after Easter, we're in the Easter season, and we have a series of texts this morning that I will say will be a a meditation for me as it relates to peace, Easter peace, the peace from Jesus, what it means for our individual lives, what it means for our church life, and some application. Let's get into the text this morning. The Gospel of John, chapter 20. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. If you think about the Old Testament, and think of it, meditate on this for me with a minute, what's the most common phrase that we hear? When we, the prophets, encounter God, what's the most common phrase? Think about this. Do not be afraid. Yes? Do not be afraid. When the angel came to Mary, do not be afraid. In the book of Revelation that we read as part of our readings this morning, we had a text into the Apostle John. Jesus appears in glory. And the word is, do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. In here, in our gospel text, we have peace be with you. Peace be with you. But think about this moment. The gospel accounts of the resurrection give us a variety of types of things for us to think about. Jesus raised and yet not immediately recognized on the road to Emmaus. Slow revelation in the gospel account. But here with the apostles, it's clear that it's the Lord. Clear, absolutely clear. And in his resurrected body, he has the signs of his suffering with him. And if you think about this, and you think about how God has related to the people of God previous to this, with the temple being the apex, the temple, where in the Holy of Holies you could only go at a certain period, where sacrifices were offered. Here we have the risen Lord, the temple incarnate, peace be with you. Good news, friends. Not since the garden have we had such good news about God's intent with man. Peace be with you. Now, what do we do with this phrase, peace be with you? How do we think about peace? How do we think about Christian peace and the problem of time. 
I started my sermon prep for this week, the homily prep, on Tuesday of this week. And being a good Northern Virginian, I struggled to find adequate time. Yes? Can you relate, friends? Are your lives faced with this secular need for busyness? The secular need for demanding attention? It becomes... Almost a bit of a science in my household. I wake up about 6.30, the eggs are cooked, we move into carpool, we move into another carpool, I have some scripture time, and then the day keeps on going until 10.30 or so, and then there's sleep. Friends, maybe you relate. Is this how your days function? Is it hard to find time? And so we are confronted with these words from Jesus, peace be with you. Peace be with you. God's presence. What does it mean to have the presence of the scriptures, the presence and the peace of Christ, when we live in an age of hurry? When we are at the apex of hurry in Northern Virginia, or one of the global apexes of hurry, and when um, the cost of living and the other things that must be done in order to, as we say in an American context, earn a living, require so much of us. And yet Jesus commands the first of our attention. It's clear to us this is the same risen Lord who when asked during his earthly ministry, what are the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and of all your mind and of all your strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So how do our lives reflect those commandments, reflect those teachings of Jesus? The teachings of Jesus that also say, peace be with you on this Easter season. Peace be with you. How do we find that peace when we are dealing with the problem of time and the priority of time? And Christians throughout the ages have reflected on this problem, friends. And this is part of our heritage as Anglicans. The Book of Common Prayer has reflected on this problem, friends. When the Book of Common Prayer was put together, one of the thinkings was, how do we get the people of God to pray more often? How do we get them to pray more often? How do we make prayer? How do we help them? How do we help God's people with this commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. How do we help inform the affections of our people, the people of God? And their thinking was, well, what we'll do is we'll have morning and we'll have evening prayer and a time in the middle. So the thinking in part was, before you go to work, we could gather for a short service. We'd have a little bit of time in the middle. And then before the day is done, you would have some time for prayer before you go back for supper. And if you think about this problem as individuals, you start thinking, ah, then we do have the Book of Common Prayer. We do have family prayer. We do have these habits that we can live into. And so this Easter season, one of the things I'd like to invite us back into, for as busy as we are, for as hard as this area can be, when it comes back to going back to our first love, which is Jesus himself, is where can we make some time and how do we have some time to examine and to reflect where are our priorities? Where This is an invitation to, if you're in families, family evening prayer. This is an invitation to have a rhythm, to have a time where your family 
can encounter God. For us, it's around the dinner table. We go around and we say, what's your high, what's your low? And they each share and we pray. We also have a rhythm. And when I take the children to school, we pray. I ask, what is the prayer in the morning? And then we have a weekly rhythm where we can talk about more things that they're going through. And that works very well for children who are younger. If you have children that are older, I think it's just an invitation to think, what are the habits? And if you are in a different season, where children are not as much of the mainstream of your life, I think the question will be, what what are some habits and where are some spaces where I can rethink how I'm doing with this balance of wanting to have time to reflect on my life as it relates to the peace that Jesus offers me, the foundation that he offers this Easter Sunday, but where I may not experience that day in and day out, given the busyness of the week. Now, with the time we have, the peace that Jesus talks about is not just a peace for the family, the peace in the rock as it relates to our day-to-day and our day-to-day habits, The peace is also a word for the church. The peace is also for the word of the church. So in the book of Revelation, if you have not studied the book of Revelation at great length, I would invite you to do so. I would invite you to get some great commentaries about it. Talk to Father Morgan, talk to Father Ryan, talk to others in the church who have studied the book of Revelation. could give you some guidance. But it is a very rich book. You see the churches that are being described there are the early churches. These early Christians who, like us, met and celebrated Easter. And then you also have an image of the lampstands. What are these, the lampstands, the lights? Lampstands, light, right? We have them right here with the pulpit this morning. We have them around the altar, the lights. Well, in part, and this is the the meditation for us as it relates to just the church and the word of Jesus for this moment for the church... In part, the lights, the lampstands, are are a reflection of the integrity of the churches themselves. Are they teaching, are they living out the full teaching of Jesus? Because when we go through the book of Revelation, we actually get consolation and exhortation for each of the churches. Thank you so much, your love for the poor. Spot on. But your hearts for people who sit in your congregation, way off. (laughs) We get consolations and desolations. And to this day, with all the disunity that we face in the world, the disunity we face in the body of Christ, the word of Jesus is the same. Peace be with you. It's Orthodox Easter. We have a major conflict in the Orthodox world. And there's a word, peace be with you. We have major conflicts in the U.S. around race and ethnicity. And the word for Jesus is the same, peace be with you. So how do we wrestle with this? Just just a few minutes to think about that. What I want you to imagine is one day, uh, as our brothers and sisters in the Orthodox tradition are celebrating Easter today, that we have two churches one under the Patriarch of Kiev and one under or Kiev and one under the Patriarch of Moscow. One day, worshipers, maybe like ourselves on a Sunday, maybe not unlike this, will hear the words of Jesus proclaimed, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. Maybe a generation from now. And they'll be convicted in their hearts. I must work to the reconciliation of the Ukrainian and Russian people. 
They'll have that conviction. We must heal. Not that dissimilar than many today who feel a burden to reconcile the church from the racial history and harm in this country. People who feel called to that ministry. And the question will be, as we pray for those who are reconcilers in future generations and reconcilers in this day, is such a reconciliation possible? Is it possible? And we have to start thinking, well, are they open to it? If I think I'm right, if my judgments were correct, not getting into the weeds of the specifics, the other person thinks their judgment is correct, and now we've had conflict and war, not that dissimilar than reconcilers who've worked peace between uh, Northern Ireland and Ireland on the church side. The conflicts of the world are the conflicts of the world, so I'm not saying we should take them all on, I'm not saying that, but sometimes those conflicts also involve conflicts between Christian bodies, friends. Christian bodies who made judgments. Christian bodies who made decisions. And that's part of the disunity we face as Christians in the world. And so within that, Jesus says peace, part of the peace has to do with the integrity of the church's witness. Is it a line that reflects the fullness of Jesus fully and completely? Because we believe, friends, that the church is actively stewarded by God. Meaning God is not distant from the church. God is not distant in his judgments. He still cares about the integrity, the light that is shown. And it's a terrifying and humbling thought that we stand before an active worker of work with the church. And I'm not going to get into specifics about, uh, I, I don't have the mind nor the judgment nor the wisdom to say what's what. That's not the point for the sermon or the homily. My point is that we believe God is active. He is active in judging and working with churches. And that should cause us to be humble. And it should cause us to reflect. And it should cause us to pray for those who a generation from now may be called, or maybe it's you who feel a call from God as a layperson or clergy to a certain ministry of reconciliation. Because the peace that says, peace be with you, that same peace, is the peace we also offer one another before communion. Now share with one another the peace. And why do, we, why do we have that in our liturgy? Well, out of the teachings of the epistles, if you have sin with your brother, please go and reconcile that sin before you come to the communion table. So this is the moment, this is the opportunity to say, I am at peace with God, I am at peace with you. It's an opportunity to reflect the teachings of Jesus. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul as we prepare our hearts for Holy Communion. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And not just in the abstract way, your neighbor specifically in this room. So that when you offer the peace, you are saying all is right between me and you. And that has to do with what? Integrity. That has to do with the light, your witness. And that same integrity and that same light is what we reflect on in the meta-sense for churches and witnesses. And yes, we do not have the authority to uh, essentially create peace between the Moscow Patriarchate and the Kiev Patriarchate. We don't necessarily have the authority to create peace between the historic black church and the evangelical churches. But we know one who does, Jesus himself. He has the authority. And so we can pray for peace, for conflict, for the integrity of witness that is necessary 
for the gospel to go forth unhindered. Because our conflicts, friends, hinder our witness. They hinder our witness. Our scandals, friends, hinder our witness. And this is not to feel guilty or bad, but it is to pray that the witness of the church might be effective. And it's an invitation to pray this Easter Sunday that the witness of the church might be effective. That we might be quick to listen, slow to judge, and to trust that Jesus will reconcile all the conflicts of the church in the end for the integrity of the church. And until that day... In our small corner, in the sphere we have influence, it's a call to recommitment that we would have integrity in our day-to-day. That we would have integrity before we approach the Eucharist. That we would have the integrity and the light that shines brightly. Because that's the sort of peace that Jesus establishes with us. And to go back to the beginning as I wrap up. The peace of Jesus has individual and church-wide implications and societal-wide implications. And what we're invited to this Easter season is to think in our busy lives of Northern Virginia, where do I encounter that peace? And where can that peace be strengthened? And I would just caution that when you contemplate new spiritual works, and what I mean by that is when you contemplate a new devotional schedule, when you contemplate learning something new, make sure... This is from the wisdom of the different Christians throughout the generations, that you do not bite off more than you can chew. Because you do not want to be stuck in a cycle of saying, oh, tomorrow, tomorrow, I will really do many, many good things for Christ. But then stuck and trapped in that you picked too much to do. Start small. Think of this more like you would approach physical exertion. (laughs) Do it in, in proportion to the life that God has given you. Because this is not about do more. This is about trusting the God. It's about trust. Trusting the God who can deeply transform us one step at a time. One season at a time. So count the small victories. I do some spiritual formation work. I've been blessed to do it at times. And someone will ask me, well, I want to work on my prayer life, Alexi. How soon? I say to them, in in honesty, 18 to 36 months you'll have a consistent prayer life if you work at it. And I often get a lot of discouraged looks, like, that's a long time, Alexi. It's a long time. But what I would say is that new habits, spiritually, spiritual works, take a great deal of our focus. It takes the teachings, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. It takes that kind of focus. Because we're breaking ground against habits that we're often unaware of. And so pray that for yourself, Let's pray that for the church, that it, the light that shines on Easter and the light that shines year round may have the sort of integrity that when we invite others to come and see, come and behold, come and believe, that we are really giving them the whole counsel of Scripture and the whole witness of the church to, with God's help and the help of the Holy Spirit, see transformed lives in our days. Let's close in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you for your witness. We thank you for your word to the apostles. And even the apostle Thomas later, peace be with you. That your disposition is peace. Help us to live into that peace, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, in the week and season ahead. Amen.